right, this is Churro Bites with Churro and Robert. Hey, Robert. Um, today, well, let me just introduce the topic. Today, we're going to be talking about cryptids of each continent, except Antarctica, because there's nothing down there. At least, I hope not. Right. Right. What if something was uh, frozen in the permafrost, and now that it's melting? Exactly. Imagine when we get dragons again. Wouldn't that be crazy? Anyways, <laughs> what what got you interested in the topic? Because I did one before, and then the producer, you know who that is, the producer mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, Robert would be interested in doing something like that." Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just really interested in conspiracy theories in general, and cryptids kind of fall under that category, um, yeah, in my like, opinion. Yeah, it's like the in the same boat. Yeah. And, like, growing up, I kind of um, heard some cryptid stories. Like, um, there's some in my family. I'm, I'm going to talk about one tonight. But, um, and also, I play Fallout 76, and cryptids are a big part of that game. So, oh, and, and is yeah. Mothman in that one? He is. Yeah, um, I heard about that, but I haven't played 76. But, yeah, uh, I think just, like, cryptids in general are, like, a big part of, like, Fallout. Like, that's probably some of the inspiration for some of the monsters. And then yeah, also definitely. there's, like, stuff like in New Vegas with, like, the Wild Wasteland where, like, there's, like, weird random occurrences and stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that kind of... It, it There's, like, a connection there between that and, like, real-life cryptid and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite cryptid? Uh, a favorite? Um... Probably the Chupacabra, just because it's funny. Yeah, but the name of it or like the whole... Yeah, just the, the name of it and the whole concept, like a vampire dog, is funny to me. Pretty much, know. yeah. I mean, like straight up, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, are you are you one of the vampire dog people or are you one of the alien people? Uh, vampire dog. Vampire dog, yeah, because some people yeah. think it's just like a green like alien thing. Yeah. But I think that's kind of weird. I, let's let's just save that and talk to it when we get to it because I have yeah, some yeah. ideas about that. Okay. Uh, let me start off. Um, one thing I will say is that um, another of the categories that we have, I had you write down some notes, but this one secret category okay. is from one to ten. How well would you do in a fight with them? Oh Jesus! Okay. So just, yeah, just keep that in mind whenever I I'm listing these off. All right, the first one comes from North America. It's probably the most well-known. Bigfoot. Classic. Classic. Most people probably don't even know what cryptids are, if you tell them the word, but they know what Bigfoot is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, that's like, I think that's America's cryptid. Mm -hmm. The iconic um, cryptid. Yeah, it's the iconic one. But really, the idea of, like, Bigfoot and... uh, uh, I guess, what's the general term for those? Sasquatch. Sasquatch, yeah. The Sasquatch is like a thing that's, um, it's really, it's, it's spread throughout through like different cultures and stuff. Because I know they have one in like the mm-hmm. Himalayas. You have like the Yeti. And then yeah. the Sasquatches in like um, Canada. And then in America, we call the Sasquatch a Bigfoot. Yeah, in, in my research, I in Australia, there actually is one too. But I, I chose not to cover it just because, you know, I feel I felt like Bigfoot was the same thing, so. Yeah, it's like a big thing. I don't feel, I feel like it needs no introduction, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Bigfoot (laughs) is just basically a hairy, big, real big, hairy ass man with big feet that lives in the wilderness that, according to like people's, um, I guess, opinion, is either a friendly creature or just like 
I guess benign would be the word because like it doesn't hurt people, but it's just like it freaks people out. But mm-hmm. it's not really doing it on purpose. That's basically Bigfoot. I, I don't I don't think there's ever been an account of Bigfoot being like super violent where it's like oh Bigfoot's killing people. Mm-hmm. You know? And of course, uh, I have to say this too. Like everything that I'm talking about is just speculation, right? Because there's been mm-hmm. no quote-unquote proof that any of this exists yeah, no scientific hard evidence yeah so what we're talking about we, we can speak about it like it's fact but just keep that in mind people that they may or may not exist but they probably don't exist mm-hmm. wink wink you know <laughs> so that's that's big for that's my example but yeah i think it's that's a big big general idea everybody knows what a sasquatch is but that was mm-hmm. my example yeah um just to piggyback off that just real quick the um australian counterpart to bigfoot i forgot what it what it's called but it's a uh, like a subspecies of um the sasquatch um unlike bigfoot it's actually known to uh intentionally like target other animals and other humans which i thought was interesting because that like goes against the the typical like friendly narrative of bigfoot yeah like the archetype of it the, yeah the thing itself I think that's interesting, but it also, it makes sense to me because, like, everything in Australia is dangerous, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, that's crazy to me, like. Yeah, like I don't know how to do like, it. Yeah. Okay, so my my North American cryptid um, is Deer Woman. Uh, I chose this one because this is the cryptid that I, like, grew up hearing about because I'm, um, I'm part Native American. I'm I'm part of the uh, the Cherokee tribe, and Deer Woman is a pretty popular spirit in uh, Native American folklore. Uh, particularly, the uh, the Sioux, Omaha, Cherokee, Muscogee, Choctaw, and some other tribes have documented um, sightings or have documented history of Deer Woman. Uh, Deer Woman is like pretty similar to like a siren or a succubus in in, in other myth- uh, mythologies. Um. And in Native American folklore, she has different forms or different um, types. Uh, the one I grew up on was that it's a uh, half woman, half deer creature, pretty similar to like a centaur, except but for, for the bottom part of her, it's um, she has a deer lower and a, a human upper, as well as um, some deer antlers. And then she also has red eyes. And in some... Um, some Native American folklore, um, she's just like in that that default type at all times, and in other ones, she's a shapeshifter, so she can um, change into like all human form. Um, but the key identifier of her is her her uh, deer hooves. So even if she does like shapeshift into a completely human form, she'll still have those those deer like hooves. Um, like a siren, the deer woman lures men um, with her beauty and her magic. And um, like a succubus, she then like sleeps with them and kills them. Um, some Native American uh, cultures view her as like um, a warning or a personal transformation. Um, other ones just view her as just plain evil. Um, her her curse or her, like her magic spells are usually broken through chanting. I don't know what exact phrase, but through chanting some like Native American um, chants. Um, also using tobacco and um, in the instances where she is like a shapeshifter if anyone notices her her hooves or points out her 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 hooves 
then um, her spells and like her magic get broken. Um, so yeah, that's that's the um, North American cryptid that I, that I grew up on, and that was um, my example. That's crazy. I've never heard of it, and I didn't even know you're a part Native American. Yeah. Well, I'm like one sixteenth, but like I barely qualify. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never heard of the deer woman, but I feel like um, there's stuff that's similar out there. Like um, I think the Wendigo is one of those. It's like similar, but I think it's considered offensive. I think to talk about it. The Wendigo. Yeah, I remember hearing some. I remember hearing something like that. Like, cause it's part of their culture. Like, it's like one of those things that they talk about. Oh yeah. And they yeah. really like want to talk about it. So it's mm-hmm. like offensive to state it. So that was going to be my example, but then I thought about it. I remember I had heard that, so I changed my mind. Mm. I but, mean, I've never really heard about it being offensive. And, like, I don't think the Wendigo is not really a part of Cherokee culture, I don't think, because I, I haven't, I didn't hear of it until, like, I was an adult. Yeah. Well, it has to do with some, it's probably some other cultures. I don't yeah. know enough to talk about it, so I decided to skip it. But yeah, um, shape shifting and, like, like, uh, half animal, half person type things are very creepy. I actually have one of those types of examples. I'll get to it, but okay. it's it's kind of unsettling because you like imagine like how how would how would one of those things come to pass? You know, like mm-hmm. I I never really thought about it in like the magic kind of angle. I always thought it would just be like some weird like what's what's the phrase like deformity. Like someone mm-hmm. was to have a kid mm-hmm. and because they were cursed, they had like a half animal kid yeah you know yeah whenever i think of stuff like that i always like think like biblical like oh like antichrist kind of stuff but that's Mm -hmm. because that's what i grew on yeah you know yeah and that's kind of like the scary like the scary stories kind of thing you know yeah a lot of these cryptids i feel like are based on like ancient like religion and ancient like spirituality so I feel like if someone comes from a background where like that religion or that spirituality is like just completely not a part of their background, they're going to have like a really hard time like comprehending or even understanding some of these cryptids. Yeah. That's, that's actually a good thing to point out that some of these might be based off like different cultures, mm-hmm. like spirits and such, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of them have like that positive connotation. Some of them just have a connection. And I guess it's just depending on where and when it's made. Mm-hmm. So I think um, if people are to like look into like different kinds of cryptids, I will say it's like keep an eye out for stuff like that. Like I'm not super strong on like oh PC culture, but I mean yeah, why be offensive? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just keep that in mind, folks. Um, next example, South America. You ready for this one? Absolutely. This one, this one, this one right here. It's not that crazy. Don't even trip. <laughs> I got one called the Alligator Man. Can you guess what that's about? Um, I have a feeling it has to do with an alligator and a man. The story goes that there's this poor man who fell in love with this woman whose father owned a restaurant. And he would go visit her, but because he was poor... He for the father forbade them from seeing each other, and because they couldn't see each other, the only thing that they did was go swimming together at night, 
And like, that's the only way he could ever see her is when he was swimming. So it got to the point where they kept doing it so often that eventually the dude became an alligator. Oh. And there's like mixed opinion whether or not they, they stayed together or not. But I think this one came from somewhere off of Colombia, where if you swim for too long, it's like one of those things that they tell children, you know? Yeah. Like if you, if you stay in the water too long, the alligator man will find you or something like that. It's one of those like small scale cryptids, you know? It's like the scary stories that you tell your children. Yeah, very like localized. But I thought I thought that was I like that one. Out of all the examples I found, I like that one because it has like a little you know <laughs> tragic backstory. And basically, it's just like a dude with alligator skin. I think that's that's what it came down to. Like, he wasn't like, he didn't have the mouth or anything, but it was okay. just a dude with alligator skin who harasses people who swim in the waters and stuff like that. Interesting. What's your example? So, I mean, I chose the Chupacabra. I mean, that's a pretty default, pretty basic example, but I chose it because I have my own personal story. But um, just for like a brief background, um, chupacabras are pretty popular in Latin American culture. Um, it was first reported around 1995 um, in Puerto Rico. And ever since then, there have been reports of sightings as far south as Chile and as far north as Ma- uh, Maine. Uh, the physical um, characteristics vary, like you said earlier. Um, some people think they're aliens. Some people think they're like reptilian dog-like vampire things. Um, but a common, uh, description is that they are, uh, reptilian dog-like creatures about the size of like a small bear, um, with a row of spines going from the neck to the base of its tail. And, um, they get their name from sucking the blood of goats. It literally means like goat blood sucker or something like that. Um, and in 2006 or 2007, somewhere around that time frame. There were actually a lot of um, reporting, reported sightings in various Texas towns, um, especially along the border and in central Texas. And at this time, I was living with my grandparents in Austin. And um, one morning, my grandfather was uh, taking out the trash. And as he got to the curb um, to put the, the dumpster away, or the dumpster in a spot for the trash guys, he noticed a dead animal on the side of the road. And um, at first he thought it was just like a stray dog or something. But he said that it was, it looks like a, something that he had never seen before. Cause like, it was like the physical shape of a dog, but it had like a long reptilian looking uh, um, tail. And it was like super skinny, like skin, just skin and bones. And it was also, um, I think it was gray and like completely hairless. So it like had some of the same characteristics of the dog, but he thought it was definitely not a street dog. Um, so he, he thought it was a chupacabra or something. Um, later that year or in the, in the years following, um, biologists and wildlife experts were actually able to capture some, some bodies of chupacabras. Um, but they were able to find out, like based on their DNA, that those animals are actually um, hybrid crossbreeds of uh, wolves and coyotes and like domesticated dog breeds. And what they believe is that humans had um, intentionally crossbred like wild wolves and coyotes with domestic dogs in order to intentionally create this like new breed of animal um, so they could report um, it as a chupacabra and get attention. Mm. So. Yeah, that's 
something that I think is pretty common in a lot of conspiracy theories is that like people try to make up stories or make up evidence in order to get, you know, get their own attention. Yeah. A lot of the cryptid uh, culture, I guess, has to do with money. So like the whole thing of like Roswell, Mm -hmm. New Mexico, they had like one sighting and then a whole bunch of sightings popped up because everyone wanted to make their money from the tourism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which reminds me, speaking about tourism, I forgot to ask you, I was supposed to ask you from one to 10, how well would you do in a fight? One to 10, uh, Bigfoot. Well, is this like a, like a fist fight? Like, can I be a gun? No, uh, I'll give you one weapon. I'll one weapon? One weapon. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Celeste is a twisted T. If it was twisted T, 10 out of 10, I could, I could beat his ass. 10 out of 10, yeah. Absolutely. You got a legendary well, guess what? You don't have your legendary weapon with you. Shit. Let's just say you have like a regular forty-five. A forty-five? Mm, if I have like ten magazines, I could probably stand like like a five or six percent chance, or a five or six out of ten chance. But I feel like he's way too big for a forty-five to do much damage. Yeah, and you gotta think like most of the time, whenever you have something like that, you usually carry like what two or three magazines. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So. Considering that one to ten, two, you 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 have to get like every single shot like on like on his forehead like on the exact same spot every time. Yeah, especially on a moving target. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. With that. Yeah, I think I would do maybe about the same. Because I mean, we'd have to be like dead eye, you know. Mm-hmm. We have to get the fucking Red Dead Redemption, you know. Oh yeah, that's how we have to go about it. Which reminds me, um, next one was which one? Your example, Dear Woman. Uh, Dear Woman. Um, I mean, the theme of Dear Woman, it's like one of those things where if you see her, like as a man, like it's already too late. Like she's already like mm-hmm. sucked you in. So zero out of 10. There's yeah. no way you can counteract that. The only way is if you caught her in disguise. Yeah. If you notice her hooves before she kills you. So. Ooh, but then again, she's already has you in their trance. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you see her, you're, that's what you said, right? If you see her, you're already in the trance. Yeah. Damn, zero out of ten. None, none of us would survive. Nope. All right. Um, Chupacabra, one out of ten. I mean, if they're like, if we're thinking like the the dog, we could fare pretty well if we have like. A long stick, we could just like shoot it off, honestly. Um, yeah. Or a gun, just shoot it a few times, it'd probably tap out. But if it's like an alien, I don't know, they might have some crazy technology or some crazy anatomy that would be pretty tough to, to combat. Mm-hmm. So I'd give it a seven. Um, seven. That's a good number. Do you remember in New <laughs> Vegas, the Chupacabra? There was a Chupacabra, supposedly, quote unquote. I don't remember that. Night it's been a long time since I played that game. Outside of uh, Novak, you remember the hobo? No, I don't. It's been so long. Yeah, well, there's a hobo outside of Novak that's like, oh, there's chupacabras eating the Brahmin on this ranch. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's what that reminded me of. But, um, what was I thinking? Uh, people crossbreeding animals, cryptids. 
there's a very high likeness that like a lot of the strange occurrences and stuff like that can be explained with science. That's actually one of my questions mm-hmm. here. How easy it is? How easy is it for you to rationalize uh, stuff like that, like either occurrences or like the beings themselves? I mean, yeah, like the chupacabra, like I, mean, I feel like that's pretty easy to explain just because they already found DNA evidence that they were hybrids. But I mean, stuff like like Bigfoot or Deer Woman, like like I said earlier, though, like Deer Woman specifically is rooted in like a spiritual like understanding and a spiritual history. So I feel like those typically are harder to rationalize from a scientific perspective. Um, whereas things that are just um, I guess physical in nature, like the chupacabra, like the chupacabra doesn't have like a spiritual history that I'm aware of. It's just like a thing that popped up. Yeah, it's just a thing. Yeah. yeah. I guess, yeah, it just depends on like the background of it. Yeah. Because, like you said, some of them, or I don't know who said it, but some of them have that spiritual connotation because they may or may not relate to Native American culture. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, I think we're at the third example, right? Yeah, but wait, how would you do against alligator men? Do you alligator? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say maybe a four. Because if I'm in the water, then I'm already in danger. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to fight when you're in the water. But at the same time, it's like, I would never put myself in that situation, you know. I'm kind of built different. <laughs> I don't go into the water for long periods of time, mm-hmm. and I've I've never been to Colombia, so mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty good. Yeah, I feel like if you went in into gator water, like at that point, it would just be natural selection. Like if you're dumb enough to get in gator infested water. Yeah, why would you get into water with alligators yeah. in it? You know. Yeah. Even a regular alligator, that'd be. That's a that's a hard thing to fight. Like I don't think uh, like, I would survive. Yeah, if they latch onto your arm and get in there, the death roll, like your arm's gone. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. But anyways, I think four out of ten. If I had like maybe some kind of like sharp stick. Yeah, but wait. Otherwise, I mean, is he an is up? he an alligator or is it like a man with like alligator skin? It's like a man with alligator skin, okay. and I assume he probably can breathe underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's mostly mostly human based. Yeah. Still, I don't know. I feel like the panic of it all would kind of like, I guess, worsen my chance, because panicking and then the water and trying to stabilize myself. Yeah. To fight. Yeah, it's not looking good for me. So I think I'm gonna move that down to the <laughs> okay. Just because I'm in the water. Next example, we're in the Europe now. All right, you ready? Yep. This next example, you might have heard of before. It's called Goatman. I have not heard of it. A Goatman is basically half man, half goat. And there's like different, there's different versions of it. There's one where it's like um, half man, half goat that uh, (coughs) I think is like trying to disguise itself as human. Like it'll wear like clothes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, let's say you would see it around like urban areas. For for that example, like I think there's been sightings of it, like in the like metro stations, somewhere around Chernobyl. Okay. Like isn't that some, scary? Like, mutant shit going on. Yeah, like some mutant shit going on. 
there's those kinds of examples and um some of it's just like you're out in the woods and like out of nowhere like in a crossing there's like a half goat half man just like walking you know Mm -hmm. yeah can you imagine that i mean honestly if i saw that i would just think i was hallucinating or something like i don't think it would register with me yeah it's probably one of those things that your mind just doesn't know what to do with so you kind of like tuck it away yeah yeah um it said that like description it would be something like a satyr you know like a what a satyr like in greek mythology okay that's like the closest thing to it i would say Hmm. but yeah that's the two different versions there's like the one that's like more like i guess satanic in nature because like that's one of the big um i guess icons of like satanism you know like baphomet mm-hmm. where it's like a man with a goat mm-hmm. head you know that's where it is and it's been seen like across europe like it's not just in one country but like i said i think the most well-known examples are the one where like people have seen it somewhere around the ukraine okay where it's just like um like let's say you're out like at a bus stop and you look into the distance and then there's a man like wearing a suit with a goat head. And, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where like, it kind of seems benign because there's no direct mm-hmm. attack, but it like kind of sticks to you like psych- psychologically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even though it's like something native in Europe, there has been sightings before in like Japan. Oh, interesting. So how does it get to yeah, Japan? So, does it like fly or anything? How did it get no, I think it's just like a thing that somebody okay. saw once. You still playing Cyberpunk? I am. How's that? Um, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm playing on PC, so like, I don't. I'm not getting a lot of like the game breaking bugs that um people on like PS4 are getting. I mean, it's so buggy, but yeah, I feel like playing Bethesda games has kind of conditioned me to just accept bugs. Yeah. So it's like you kind of like yeah. All right. At this point, they're more funny than anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good that you can still get enjoyment yeah. out of it. But like you said, it's not like, yeah, like a super big yeah. amount. Mm-hmm. What's it about again? Um, so you start out. So like there's three life paths you can choose at the very beginning. A corpo, which is like a corporate, um, a corporate executive employee um street kid and i don't really know what street kid is and then nomad which is where like you're with a band of of uh people living like in the badlands um and like drive cars and shit um so you can choose one of those three life paths but um when you get in the main game you have to do some heist for some client and uh you know shit hits the fan during the heist and uh you the thing you're trying to obtain is a uh, like a chip that has someone's personality on it. And um, while you're in the heist, um, in order to keep it from getting like destroyed, you have to put it in your own head. And um, long story short, that personality like affects your character's brain and like slowly, slowly takes over your brain and will eventually kill you. So the game is really just you trying to figure out how to get that chip removed from your head um, without killing you. So, yeah. 
Have you ever watched the Netflix series Altered Carbon? I have. I watched like two episodes. But yeah, I love like the cyberpunk type realm or theme. I'm I'm okay with it. It's not super my thing, but I'll I like I'll I'll play yeah. around with it. You know, like uh just recently we watched the Blade Runner over here. Mm-hmm. You ever watched that one? Uh- I knew of it, but I haven't. I haven't watched it. It's like the quintessential cyberpunk movie. Dude. You should try it. The events of it all happened last year, too. Oh shit! Isn't that crazy? Cyberpunk was last year. We didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, in, in the cyberpunk game, they reference a lot of stuff ha- happening in twenty twenty, yeah. like nuclear war We're stuff. In cyberpunk right now. Yeah. We just don't. We can't tell because there's not too many neon lights. But yeah, we're yeah. in the cyberpunk world. Everyone's waiting. Everyone's waiting for the for the aesthetic to happen. But like, we're already in cyberpunk. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. We're already in the corporate dystopia. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? I mean, what can you do? Yeah. What What can I, a single person, do about yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, the only thing, like, as much as you try to like, not participate in that kind of stuff, like, you still have to use, like, even, like, a cell phone, like, has so much corporate control on it. But, like, you literally, like, nowadays can't live without a cell phone. Like, you need it for work, yeah. you need it for your personal life. That's very true. It's like, I don't think there's much you can do without being involved in the system, mm-hmm. you know? Like I can stand outside and like yell like hey down with corporations but like yeah as as much as I would put into it like nobody outside of like the people around me would listen yeah and there's no way for me to spread that message Isn't that crazy yeah I mean I mean corporations like as much as as much bad as they do like they also do things that make the world spin like you know, a lot of advances in, like, me- the medical industry have been by private corporations and um, just, like, um, advances in technology in general have all been in, in, in the private sector. Yeah. Private sector, um, what's it called? Creates innovation. Or, I guess, yeah, um, not really creating it, but, I guess, makes it move forward. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast um recently about like intelligence and stuff and someone on the podcast said a lot of like the backbones of technolo- technological advances are made by government like gps was made by the government internet was made by the government but everything else is thanks to like the ingenuity of like the private sector like they take yeah. they take the ball and run, and run with it what's your opinion on ai um do you know much about computers because i don't i know a little bit ai is one of those things where it's like yeah it's cool it can give us like self-driving cars and stuff but if an ai becomes like self-aware like some skynet shit like it could really fuck us up how likely do you think that is because i don't i don't i haven't seen like enough proof that it's like a real concern. I mean, Skynet I level guess stuff probably never is going to happen, I don't think. Like, it just doesn't seem like yeah. realistic to me.
I think I think there's already been like some kind of fail safe, but I still see people like pushing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't have to do as much with AI, but like robotics. Like the that one company, Boston Dynamics, mm-hmm. that's making all the like innovation of like the motor skills of their robots. Mm-hmm. Which is cool until like you get to the point where it's like, well, what are they gonna use them for? Yeah. Like they have contracts with the military and that's kind of scary, you know? Yeah. On one hand, like it can be used like for workforce automation, it's gonna like AI and machines like that are gonna like decimate a lot of like service industry industry stuff. And we've already seen that with like mobile kiosks and like fast food restaurants and now I don't know if you've seen like um, in hotels, they have that little robot that goes around and brings people, like, their extra toilet paper or whatever. Like, little things like that are just going to ramp up yeah. to, like, totally decimate the, the service industry. And then the increasing use of, like, um, autonomous weapons in military, it not only increases, like, the lethality of weapons, but it also removes the human element of warfare. So people are going to be a lot more willing to use automated weapons because there's no human element, so there's no human risk for themselves. So there's, there's going to be a, less of a regard for that. It's still, it's still an ethical issue to me because, like, all right, we don't lose that many people, mm-hmm. but who are those machines going in to kill, you mm-hmm. know? But uh, that's another thing, though, because, you know, there's always there's a lot of things involved in like uh, what the quote unquote enemy is of the state. How much do I uh, how much do I have at stake with the state? Yeah. Like, what are they fighting for versus what I need as a taxpayer Mm -hmm. and stuff like that? And it's the whole thing where it's like the military is like basically working for corporations. And we're back to cyber. (laughs) I mean, yeah, the yeah. North Industrial Complex is a very real, big, and scary thing. Corporations benefit off warfare. So. so it's like one of those things where it's like, it's cool. There's cool that there's progress, but at the same time, it's like, what is the main the main goal of that progress? You know, what are they going to use it for? That's, yeah. that's what I guess. I'm kind of glad that a lot of people are like more aware of that. Because before it's like, oh, cool, it's a dancing robot. Mm-hmm. But dancing robot means like walking upright robot, like yeah. running fast towards people robot. You know? Have you seen Black Mirror? I haven't. No, but I heard it's kind of like the Twilight. Yeah, there is an episode, and I forget which season, but it is about autonomous weapons that essentially went rogue. Well, it's not clear if they went rogue or if it's just like a regular warfare, but or a regular use in, in warfare. But um, mm-hmm. it's like a family or a group of civilian survivors um, trying to survive a world where every single um, autonomous robot is like out to try to kill them. And the robots look exactly like those robots that um, Boston, uh, what's it called? Boston yeah, Dynamics? Boston yeah. Dynamics, yeah. That robot dog. Yeah, they're a fucking robot dog. That they, f- they fucking keep kicking and like punching <laughs> and shit. And they're like, oh, look how stable it is. And they just, like, fucking kick it until it falls down. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. I also find it interesting how, like, 
humans, at least I do sometimes, like we attach like an emotional connection to those robot dogs because they look like dogs. Like on the, in the yeah. comments, people were like, oh, why are you kicking them? Blah, 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 blah. I, I just think that's interesting and also dangerous how we humans have a tendency to attach an emotional connection to inanimate objects like that, especially machines. Yeah. I think it's, um, well, one is because of the design, you know, it's made to look like a dog, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of not really. And then people, I guess people are trying to, people are kind of inclined to be like, um, I guess, in my opinion, people are inclined to try to be compassionate. Mm-hmm. So whenever they see something that's like kind of shaped like an animal, they're like, oh, like it's, it's that. But like you said, it's just buckets and bolts, yeah. right? That is that is interesting. I I mean, even me right now, I was like, oh, they're kicking the dog. Yeah. But it's not a dog. It's just a robot. Mm-hmm. I think that's also by design, though, because they kind of want you to, like, not desensitize yourself to it, but kind of, like, they want to make you, like, less afraid of it. Yeah, I think um, the... I guess they want to humanize them in the sense that, like, if they make it relatable... Um, on an emotion level, humans will be more receptive to it and more likely to accept it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I I think we're good on that, though. I remember there was, like, a traveling robot that got to, like, Detroit or something, and then it got fucking crashed. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah, remember seeing that? Detroit. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like, yeah, because, like, surveillance you know surveillance bots mm-hmm. there i feel like it's a very likely thing so, i mean it's that but it's also like i already have a camera phone on me like at all times mm-hmm. so it's like how how am i gonna be like paranoid about being watched and being like listened into when i like openly accept stuff like that yeah like in my person you know? Yeah, and that's another thing. Like uh, Americans, especially, are really adamant, are really vocal against like government surveillance, government collection of data. But we're so willing to hand over all that information to like social media companies like Facebook. Like we're totally fine giving Facebook like every single intimate detail of our life. But as soon as the government obtains it, like we go ape shit. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? I think people just have a natural distrust of government. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. Just um, like, you know, Big Brother's watching, that kind of stuff. Uh, I also think it's a lot of, I guess, ignorance of the way social media companies actually work. Like, I feel like a lot of people think, oh, they're just sharing their information um, with everyone on their friends list, even if they have their um, profile on private. But what they don't realize is that Facebook, Instagram, Twitter takes that information and specifically crafts or targets advertisements so they can make more money off you. Mm-hmm. So that's very yeah. true. And I think recently people have noticed how like blatant mm-hmm. it is. Because like you can go into your settings and it'll tell you what what they believe you are. Like you have there's a list on Facebook, it'll tell you like, oh, you're Mexican you're liberal Mm -hmm. you're from houston you're you like dogs you like this you like that Mm -hmm. and then you can check those off and then the ad experience totally yeah 
and then there's things like uh instagram that like oh allows your microphone to be recording data on you like when you're not even on yes. the app and there's stuff like that that people don't really look into and then they're like oh i was just talking about gundams why do i have gundam ads mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't stop and consider all the all the fine print that goes into whenever they download it. Yeah, like, all that shit's in the US, US and they just hit agree, don't even read it. Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. Because people are like, oh, whatever. They're just asking to use my photos so I can send them to somebody. Mm-hmm. But it's like, sometimes it's like whenever you upload something, all the rights to that photo, you know, you basically give them away from mm-hmm. the company. So... I guess that's something to consider for like people who have stuff that they want to keep to themselves or like have some kind of artwork to look into the terms of service or whenever you get onto the social media. Yeah. Um, Eric, are we good? We're good now, right? We're good now, right? I think we're good to get back on track. I think I'm going to keep what we were talking about though. It might not be on topic, but I feel like we said a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you want to have, like, another podcast just on those topics, like, I'd totally be down for it. All right. Maybe if I have more to say, but I think for now we're just going to keep okay. what we had. I think, what were we talking about before? Oh, uh, yeah, Goatman. I think you just were wrapping up Goatman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that um, you see Goatman a lot in, like, Japanese media because that one creepypasta, whatever story, was, like, really popular for a moment. So I know for sure I've seen like Goatman in like video games. Mm-hmm. Like you'll be like a fucking like summon or something. And um I remember there's even Goatman in like uh one of the Hatsumiku songs. <laughs> like it specifically stated that like the Goatman is like watching her it's or something. Weird. Did I see the story? Oh yeah, there's some Japanese dude waiting on a train platform in like some random mm-hmm. city. And like across the across the train tracks from him on this other platform, there's a goat man, you know, wearing a suit by himself, just like staring at him. And then whenever the train finally passed by and he got on, like he was like still there on the track, like waving. Jesus at him. Christ. Yeah, if I saw like, that, I would think like, oh shit, I'm about to get fucking abducted or something, like by some cult and like sacrificed. Yeah. I think that's that's even scarier considering like in Japan there's not as much like stuff you could do with like self defense stuff. Mm-hmm. Like here you especially here in Texas, like I can have a gun, mm-hmm. you know. In Japan, like they could you could barely even hold a <laughs> stick, you know. Jesus. There's like very specific instances where they allow self defense mm-hmm. for that matter. Most of the time you just have to report it to the police. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's a whole, whole topic. That's uh, yeah. self defense is should be human right in my opinion, but yeah, it's a whole other kind of worms. Wait, well, yeah, considering considering that that makes it even more scary to me because, like, what could you do in that situation? Run, you know, as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's that's all you can do here in the U.S. I, I'd at least have like a my knife yeah. or something. Yeah. What? But anyways, that's goat man. Did what's your example for Europe? Boy, uh, one to ten. How would you fight against uh, goat man? Uh, 
up, man. If it's just like a regular dude like trying to abduct me, and if it's just him, I'd say about maybe like a six. You know, just because I'm, I wouldn't say I'm always prepared, mm-hmm. you know, but like I have some awareness of mm-hmm. my surroundings at most of the time. But if it's like some like demonic entity that's like come to get me, you're fucked. Uh, point two. <laughs> point two, okay. Yeah. I could, I mean, I have my faith. I have a faith, okay. build, you know. Yeah. But who, who knows how far <laughs> that'll get me. Okay. Uh, so. Um, <clears throat> my European cryptid is the Blackbird of Chernobyl. Um, there's not a whole mm. lot of there's not very many sightings of this creature just because it's pretty contained to the Chernobyl incident. Um, so it was sighted in the area of Chernobyl of the Chernobyl power plant right before the meltdown and also um, during the recovery efforts afterwards. Um, leading up to the the um, the meltdown, workers had dreams of this large this massive um black black flying creature with a 20-foot wingspan and glowing red eyes and then it was also seen in the sky um by by the rescuing helicopter pilots um when they were responding to the meltdown um and everyone who has claimed to see this creature either in their dreams or in their recovery they have all since died um and the depictions and the descriptions of um, this creature is what makes it. I think. I think this is my favorite cryptid, not Chupacabra, because it's very, very similar to the Mothman of West Virginia. Um, the Mothman yeah. is described as a large black flying creature with a ten-foot wingspan and glowing red eyes. And the Mothman was first sighted in, in West Virginia in the 1960s. Um, and one of the, you know, the rumors or the, the legends of Mothman is that he is responsible here. It is responsible for the collapse of the Silver Bridge in 1967. Um, and what links this to the um, the Blackbird of Chernobyl is that in uh, the 1990s there were reports of Mothman sightings in the Moscow Russia area. Um, and Russian UFOlogists, that's not my term, it's the term I saw on the website, people that study like UFOs and conspiracies, um, claim that the yeah. sightings of the, of the Mothman foreshadowed the 1999 Russian apartment building bombings. And Chernobyl happened in the 80s between it being West Virginia and it being sighted in Eastern Russia. So this leads to the question, you know, did the Mothman intentionally destroy that bridge in West Virginia and then hop over the the, uh, the ocean to Eastern Europe? Did it cause the Chernobyl meltdown or was it just there as like a bad omen? Um, did it go on to Moscow and destroy that those buildings? Um, so yeah, there's like a whole other like deeper conspiracy theory, but I thought it was really fascinating how similar those two um, cryptids are from like totally opposite sides of the planet. Yeah, and it's actually interesting that you bring it up because I was thinking about that when you were telling the story. That um, there's like instances in Europe where they have similar creatures. Like I know in the UK they have the Owl Man, but the description is pretty much mm-hmm. the same as Mothman. And like whenever you said that there was like incidents where the Mothman would appear and then like something bad would happen, I've also heard that where it's like either either it's the creature itself causing it or like just the concept of the creature is like a heartbreaker mm-hmm. of calamity. 
So like I remember hearing that like the the blackbird where it's like people had dreams about it like before mm-hmm. the incident happened. But I know they all died. Yeah, that's what the one website. I mean, that's not like firm proof. Like it, that could be total bullshit. But that's that was one of the theories um, on that website. But yeah, it's interesting how, like in in a globalized society like we are in right now, like it's not that um, that's it's not that hard to think that someone can just take like a, an ancient folklore story from you know the Middle East and say, oh, this happened in Canada too. But when there's, like, documented history of it, like, dating back, like, hundreds or thousands of years, and it's, like, I think that's what makes it more, not more believable to me, but just makes me think more. Like, if people, like, 2,000 years ago in North America saw the same creature described in the same time period as someone, like, in Africa or Asia, like, that's really, that's a really weird thing to be just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I had talked about this before when I was, I forget in which episode, but I was talking about how, like, in most cultures, they have some form of dragon, mm-hmm. you know? It's, like, one of those things that, like, it's weird. It's it's kind of weird for it to be a coincidence when it's, like, that the descriptions of each creature in each different culture that had no mm-hmm. connection to each other. It's weird how common these yeah. things are, you know? But yeah, I'm wondering if it's like mm-hmm. all the same creature. Who knows? With the 10-foot yeah. w- wingspan, who knows? Oh, um, yeah, right, one, out uh, one out of 10. I mean, I mean, if I have a shotgun, I can show out the sky 10. But if I don't have a shotgun, like probably two, because like, what can you do to like a flying giant thing? Yeah, and it's always that flight, fight or flight response. You know, in the heat of the moment, you don't know like if, even if you're like the toughest guy, you don't know if you're gonna yeah. be capable of you know, getting the exact shot in the exact mm-hmm. second that you need it to. I would say a yeah. one just because it flies. I'm not very good with flying stuff. Next example, Africa. Yeah, um, the another flying creature. Um, the African cryptid I chose was the lightning bird. Um, it's also known as the. Ooh. I'm gonna totally butcher these pronunciations. Impandulu or Thekwane um, is a creature common in the folklore of South American tribes of um, the Pondo and the Zulu tribes. Um, it's, it's described as a human-sized black and white bird. Um, it's able to summon thunder and lightning with its wings and talons. And it also has uh, vampiristic um, traits. Um, it is associated with witchcraft and is also um, associated with witch doctors and witches as being like the servant. Um, yeah, and some some tribes it has shape shifting qualities. Um, particularly, it sometimes takes the form of a, a handsome man and seduces a woman. Um, and in some instances, it shape shifts into like the shape of like a normal bird um, and tries to trick a woman. Whereas for for men, it manifests itself just as like a lightning strike, and, um, and that's it. Um, some cultures. <laughs> Describe it as having uh, iridescent feathers like a peacock, but typically it's described as just being um, black and white. Um, 
And the and, and an interesting part about this bird is that it's um, the fat of the bird is considered um, a valuable fuel, and it's also used in um, like holistic medicine for tribes. Um, the only way to get that fat is by catching the bird, and um, that can only be done by um, witch doctors and witches, just because they're the ones that um, are they're the only ones that are able to handle um, this creature. Um, they can capture it either by um, grabbing it like at the moment lightning strikes the ground so they have to be at the lightning strike site and capture the bird or by digging up the bird um, from the the cavity that um, the lightning strike creates um, and capturing it is the only way to get this mm. fat because it is impervious to gunshots and knife attacks and it can only be destroyed by fire um and it's often due to its due to its association with witches and witch doctors, it's often seen as a an evil symbol. And um, this creature and its evil connotations have continued into the modern era. Um, in two thousand five, a South African man was convicted for killing a child because he believed it was a lightning bird. Mm. Yeah. That's crazy that there's an example mm -hmm. of that like this recent. My example is called an Adze. It's a vampire from, I think, the Ewe people of Ghana and Togo. It's basically like a firefly, but if you capture it, it turns oh. into like a human kind of thing. But then that itself is like dangerous. Why would you do that? Because once it's a vampire, then it like mm -hmm. eats your organs. And it says that, like, it could be, like, defeated through, like, normal methods. But um, in its insect form, it just spreads diseases. Like, that's one of the explanations that they have for, like, malaria. Is that it's that, like, creature, oh, like, okay. just spreading it to people. And another thing is, like, if it attacks you in its human form, you become a witch yourself that gets possessed by that spirit. Hmm. But it says that most of its, its victims, quote-unquote, or young children. So again, it's like probably one of those like scary mm -hmm. stories that they tell their children, you know. Or yeah. Vampires. I know there's vampires in Africa. I feel like a lot of our examples today have been vampiristic things. I didn't even I didn't even make that connection to mom, but yeah, you're right. I think it just I think it all ties back into like the thing where it's like the most common mm. human fears will like just uh appear mm -hmm. in like all different cultures. Like there's yeah. snakes like every culture. And most continents have snakes. So it's like that's one of those things where you get dragons mm -hmm. from, flying serpents, serpents on the ground, you know, snakes. And then vampires, like there's mosquitoes and then there's like leeches and stuff like that. There's stuff out here in the world that suck on the mm -hmm. bone, like actually. Yeah. So I feel like that's part of it. One out of ten, uh, Thunderbird. Uh, lightning Bird, uh, zero. It's impervious to knives and gunshots, zero. so like, what the hell are you going to do? And only witch doctors and witches can handle it, so yeah, oh, that's you, what you can do. Nah. Yeah, you're not a witch, as far as I know. As far as I know. Yeah, same. I probably wouldn't even be able to catch it if I wanted to. Zero out of ten. It doesn't sound that dangerous, mm -hmm. but we're not capable of it, I guess. Uh, one out of ten for the yeah Adze. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Just, just no, no, yeah, yeah. One, one out of ten. ten. That's my answer. 
I, I don't, that's not something I can even try to fight, I don't think. It says it can be defeated. Like, it, it, it's possible for you to defeat it. But, like, if you're just going about your normal day, like, how are you going to defeat it? Like, if you have no, like, no weapons or anything. I mean, if it's a firefly, I'm pretty sure you can just knock it out of the air, right? That's true, but, like, if you, like, you capture it in your hands and it turns into, like, a grown-ass man, that'd be tough. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm out here in the fucking... in the fucking grasslands and then just a firefly lands on me and I smack it and it turns into a grown-ass man, I think I'd be... I mean, I guess you could install one of those, like, bug zappers just put it up on your porch. And it flies in the book wrapper and gets fried. So, in, in that yeah. case, 10 out of 10. Yeah. 10 out of 10, yeah. Just need a bug zapper. All right. Uh, your turn. Oh, wait, no, yeah. it's my turn. Because you went first that time. All right, now, now we're in Asia. This one's another well known one. It's very benign. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? It's Sushi a Suchinoko. Not much. Have you heard about it? The Sushinoko is a very fat snake. Hell yeah. That's what it looks like. It's just a very... It's about like three feet long and it's very round in the center. It's just, it's just a very... Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just a toad of a snake. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's what the Sushinoko is. I don't think there's anything really special about it other than its shape. And I think it's like a once in a hundred years type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like that kind of rare. A fat That's snake, okay. It's just a fat snake. I think what what what's like appealing about it to me is just like the way it looks. If you were to like actually see it or like to see an artist depiction, quote unquote, mm-hmm. I think you would get it. Listeners, look up Suchinoko. I think it's S T S U C H I N O K O. Oh, yeah, that is a fat snake. Did you see it? Yeah, that's crazy. I don't think it does anything evil. Is it venomous? It's literally just a fat snake that's, like, rare. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it even bites people. I think it's just, like, a rare snake. I don't know if I'd be intimidated or just laugh at it like I saw one. I'm I'm simple man. Yeah. I think it looks funny. But I remember that one because it was a thing in Metal Gear Solid. Oh. Yeah, off and on. Mainly, I, two and five, I think, were the only ones I played. It was oh. in Metal Gear Solid 3 towards the end. Metal Gear Solid 3 is called Snake Eater. So mm-hmm. you can kind of guess what goes on, right? So once it's kind of a, it's like an involved process to catch the Sushinoko in game. There's a very specific re- uh, region where it spawns, and it doesn't even the game doesn't tell you that it appears. Oh, there. so it's like an Easter egg. Over back. So, um, the process to get it in game, you have a specific region, and um, I think the only cue that you have that it's there is like a very specific like rattling sound that nev- mm-hmm. never appears like in other parts of the game, and you have to like you have to kill like every other little bug or like little uh, animal in that region and set up a whole bunch of traps and then you leave and I think for like three minutes and then come back and it'll be ensnared in one of your traps 
and whenever like you pick it up, like it, it cues like a a whole specific in game thing. Like the fucking colonel calls you. He's like, hey, like you have a legendary creature. Bring it back for research. You better not eat it. And then you have the option of like eating it and not. And I think it's like the best healing item in the game. And like once you eat it, they freak out. They're like, man, like that was a once in a lifetime discovery. <laughs> and then Snake is just like, well, I was gonna eat. Man's gotta eat, yeah. What do you do? Ten out of ten. One out of ten, fat snake. Um. Ten out of ten. Would you eat it? I mean, I'm pre- I'm actually pretty afraid of snakes, so like my gut reaction is just kill it. So I don't think I'd eat it. Would you eat it? Like, like if someone were like someone were capture like, it, kill it, and like cook it up, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd try it out. No, I'm not. Yeah, like, have you ever had an alligator? Well, they're kind of the same. No. I guess he wouldn't know if you had it. Good? But yeah, I've eaten snake before. Yeah. It's all right. It's like always, every kind of like weird meat, mm-hmm. people always want to say it tastes like chicken. It didn't really taste like chicken to me. It had like a weird aftertaste to me. But yeah, that's snake. Cool. Um, What's your example? My example... Um, is the I don't know how to pronounce it. It's B R O X A, so I don't know if it's Broha or Broxa. Um, it is a monstrous um, bat-like flying creature. Um, it was first recorded um, in the Quran, or it, it's believed to be first recording uh, recorded in the Quran um, in five seventy one, the year five seventy one. Um, the creatures protected Mecca by uh, dropping bricks on elephants of invading uh, Yemeni forces. And in Jewish, Jewish folklore, it is a bird-like creature that sucks the blood of goats and sometimes humans at night. Um, and it's rumored that in the Middle Ages, the Broksar Broha um, grew tired of this animal blood, so they started turning to um, sucking the blood of humans. Um, after like during that time frame, it transformed into a shape-shifting creature um, rather than being a bat-like flying creature. And um, in female form, it is a witch, and in uh, male form, it's a demon. And due to its characteristics of um, and, and blood sucking, um, being a blood sucker, it is uh, considered the Middle Eastern equivalent or counterpart to the chupacabra. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we come full circle. We're back. We're back to the start. Yeah, I think he had good examples because I haven't heard of most of these. But uh, uh, it's interesting that, like in, in like biblical and like any kind of like any of the three like major religions, quote unquote, they have like um, creatures, mm-hmm. and, like monsters, and stuff like that. It's interesting to me because I've mm-hmm. heard of some of them and like you hear them in like video games. Like I think uh Bahamut, which is always like a big high level mm-hmm. demon, is like a thing in the Quran. Or like in one of the biblical or not biblical, in one of the texts of that that religion. It's like one of the monsters that's like listed. And yeah. it's crazy to me that like there's that connection. Because mm-hmm. it's not something you think about. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like, oh, it's just a monster. You know? 
Um, one out of ten. I mean, shit, probably like a a two. I mean, there's nothing since it's like shape shifting. Like, how can you really tell it is a evil creature if it looks like a human? Yeah, I think that's the biggest danger. Yeah. Just not knowing what like it's, what's in front of you. So yeah, two out of ten. Is that something that like uh, what is that something that worries you ever? Mm, no, like, I don't. I don't really. A lot of this stuff I don't believe in just because I'm not a very like religious or spiritual per- person. I'm more like. Like I have to see like scientific yeah. evidence of something in order to believe it. So shape shifting and a lot of these, um, a lot of these cryptids, it's like, oh yeah, that's interesting. Like it would be cool if that existed. Or like, hmm, that might exist, but I don't actually like believe any of these any of these things until I see like evidence. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Where it's like it's cool if it's real, but at the same time, it's like yeah. very unlikely for it to actually be a thing. For me, uh, shape shifting wasn't like really. It's not really a concern, but it's something that like I think about sometimes because my friend would bring it up. Like my friend's like very afraid or not. I wouldn't say like she's paranoid about something like that, but it's like something she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like if I say, oh, look a shapeshifter, she like, yeah. you know. And she got me think about it because I look at, I live in the country, and then like there's people out there where like it's not super super civilized, so. I live, like, right at the edge of the house. So, like, my window is, like, the first thing that would... If something were to come inside, mm-hmm. my window would be, like, the first thing that it'd get to. So, like, I haven't had anything happen out there. And, like, mm-hmm. we have, like, big dogs, like, guarding at night. But it's, like, something I think about. Like, what if I'm just, like, asleep mm-hmm. and then, like, I wake up and there's, like, a shadow in my window, you know? It's, like, something that I, like... It's not yeah something I think about often, but yeah, and shape shifting is like our our family. I don't want to say jokes about it, but anytime like they have a weird encounter, like oh, they met some like really weird lady at the grocery store, or like they heard something really weird outside at night. They always like oh, that's right, dear dear woman. So it's like it's like one of those things that like I guess I don't know. Like I don't believe in shape shifting, but I feel like with a lot of these things it's used to explain something that you don't understand because i feel like one thing that people especially like that humans struggle with in general just like not knowing something so we always want to like try to assign a value or assign some sort of explanation to something just because we don't like the uncertain or the unknown yeah i feel that um yeah that's, that's crazy. How how I would I don't want to say how likely is it, but is that something that you've ever thought like you saw something that's kind of strange? And you're like, um, oh, it might be this, you know. Not necessarily like to rationalize it, but like it's just like what what else could it be? You know, like there's like very mm-hmm. little explanation for what just occurred. I mean, to be honest, not really. I tend to I trend I tend to trying to rationalize most of my experiences like that's what helps me I, I think calm down in situations because I, I'm i very much one of the people that don't like the unknown or don't like um, uncertainty 
So I try to rationalize everything. Um, like if I have a bad experience, like in a dream, like I just try to rationalize, oh, that's because I, you know, drink caffeine like right before bed or something like that. Like I don't like, I, I, I just don't like the unknown. So I try, I try to rationalize a lot of things. That makes sense. Have you ever had an experience um, weird like that? Nothing that comes to mind immediately. Like I don't have any like ghost stories or supernatural experiences. Like sure, I've had like night terrors and stuff, but nothing that has made me think like, oh shit, that was fucking yeah. Satan or something, or that was Dear Woman or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know that's like it's from your mind or whatever. Yeah. Um. Here's my last example. This is an optional one. I got. Yeah, I, I have Australia. one. I told you you didn't have. To yeah, I do. One, but I found one. You have one. All right. Here's our last example then. Mine is basically the phantom cats. There's phantom cats in Australia that are out mm-hmm. in the like the outback and you know the wild regions. It's always described as a really big black cat, basically mm-hmm. a black panther, which, you know, sounds normal to you, right? But here's the thing. There's no native wild cats or big cats mm. in Australia. If there's any, they're like in captivity. So people are seeing animals mm-hmm. that shouldn't exist in that whole continent. Yeah. And I had an experience like that. Um, me and my friend Miguel were driving down from Austin the last time we went to go visit uh, the producer, quote unquote. Pre-COVID, we went to go see her around the time of our birthdays because me and Miguel mm-hmm. have like birthdays, like four days in between. And when we were driving home, we took uh, 290, which is like not the road that we usually take. And it's just like a straight road down the hill country. It passes by a lot uh-huh. of like sundown towns. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like it's not really somewhere like you want to like stay around. Like I'm sure, I'm sure it's yeah. not like super bad, but like it's Don't definitely not it. something I'd want to explore. But anyways, because like you see a whole bunch uh-huh. of like biker biker. There's like a whole bunch of bikers um, yeah. establishments, and you see certain kinds of flags. You know. Yeah, but anyways, we were driving past down there, and we got to a stretch of road that it was just like, mm, a long, long time ago. Jeepers Creepers? Not really. Do you, do you remember what it looked like, like the bus scenes? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Where it's just like, they're like driving out in like a middle road, and it's just corn. Yeah, it was like that. And we were driving down, and we're the only car, like, in sight. And um, I was looking down on my phone. And then Miguel kind of like swerves a little bit and we look up and like running past, like in front of us, like almost like right in front of the car, there's like a black, like mm-hmm. it was kind of like a black Panther. That's what I saw. It was like a black Panther that just like ran across like the car, like straight across. Like we weren't like, it was almost matching our speed. Because it wasn't like we we're gonna mm-hmm. crash into it, but it was kind of like it was right in front of us, to where like it must have known that like it was gonna be okay or something. 
Like it ran straight ahead in front of us, past the headlights, Damn. and then we never saw it again. And it gets to the point where it's like we have pumas in Texas, but I don't. I'm pretty sure we don't have black panthers, yeah. especially out in the fucking flatlands, in the coastal region. You get up to like the panhandle, it's like yeah, you have those because there's mm-hmm. like more valleys and like mountains and stuff like that. There's different kind of terrain. But over here in the coastland, it's very unlikely for there to be something like that. That's just uh-huh. my brain rationalizing it. So I was like, oh, yeah, we have pumas in Texas. But Black Panthers? Mm, yes, yeah, I've, I've never had so much. Like, an experience like that. I wonder if, like, like this is just me like, trying to rationalize the unknown, but I wonder if there's, like, a, um, a mutation in cougars or pumas where they turn like either like dark more dark or like all black or something yeah it's 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 something that can happen you know because mm-hmm. black our panthers and pumas are like pretty much the same creature and like that that coloration it can also be like a you know genetic mm-hmm. mutation or just like a genetic mm-hmm. recessive what's it called phenotype mm-hmm. uh yeah, it's yeah. one of those things, you know, where it's like, it's something that can happen genetically, but it's just, it's very mm-hmm. unlikely and it's very uncommon for it to happen in this circumstance. Yeah. But yeah, that was my explanation, you know, it could have been a Black Panther. But it's just weird for it to happen here. Yeah, if it was this like in the whole country, it would be a lot easier to rationalize, but that far out, that's that's crazy. I guess it's just it's just good that it wasn't like a yeah. you know like yeah. an actual thing because otherwise we wouldn't be here, you know. Um. So my Australian example is example? the Yara Ma Yahoo. Um. The Yara Ma Yahoo. It is a creature from Aboriginal folklore, and like everything else we've talked about, I feel like it is a blood sucking creature. Um. And this one lurks in treetops. Um, it's a crimson-colored frog-like creature that measures up to four feet high. Mm. And when a human walks under its um, its treetop, it jumps on them, sucks almost all of their blood out, swallows them whole, and then takes a nap. Um, and then after it wakes up from its nap, it uh, throws up the human and swallows them again, and keeps doing that over and over again, throwing them up and swallowing them again. Um, and each time they do that, the human becomes smaller and smaller and more red. So eventually... Um, they turn the human into another Yara Ma Yahoo. Um, and the first sighting of this creature is unknown. It's just a, a creature in Aboriginal folklore. So it could be total BS or it could be, I don't know, something. Else. It could be a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but these things, have you played Resident Evil 3 at all? Yeah. Yeah, like the remake, the new one? Yeah, Resident Evil 3. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah. do you remember the Hunter Gamma, oh, the, the sewer um, creature in 3? So these things look pretty similar to Hunter yeah. Gamma's, except they're a lot shorter and just dark red. Um, they're a large, like, frog-like looking creature with short arms, uh, frog legs, and a big wild mouth. And um, part of the thing is, like, they're like reptiles, and that they can unhinge their jaw to swallow human whole. So yeah, that's all I got for that one. And one out of ten. Um, mm. I mean, if it's gonna pounce on you without you even noticing, like you can't even fight that. So zero. 
I remember when I was younger, I used to have a lot of yeah. nightmares about something jumping out for me, like from a tree. And like, it was weird because sometimes like, it wouldn't even be a nightmare. Like, let's say I, I was like out at the park, and then out of nowhere it's nighttime, and then yeah. like I'm walking, and then out of nowhere from a tree, like something pops up. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. always a monster. Sometimes it'd just be like an owl that swoops down on me. That's that's scary. That's that reminded me of. Especially frogs. I don't I kinda mm. I'm okay with frogs, but I don't like anything that moves too suddenly. Like frogs, grasshoppers, really? and bunnies. Bunnies can be kinda like <laughs> freaky to me. Yeah. Like out of nowhere they're just like Yoom! like they just fucking teleport, you know? Like imagine a bu- bunny. A bunny is like the like mm-hmm. the most one of the most fluffiest animals. Like it's is it's harmless. But then just thinking about yeah. how it's just so sudden, like it just like a jerk yeah, it's, it's a movement, movement that, that startles that you, not the that actual animal. Me off, off guard. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty much yeah the movement because like frogs will just be chilling in one spot <laughs> and then you accidentally bump into yeah. them and they just fucking rock it off like twenty feet. Yeah, yeah, that startles me. That's like my one thing that gets to me. Yeah, pretty much. Nope, um, that's everything. You got anything else to add? I think we got through our lists. It just, it, it... Oh, um, okay. I think I had something else, but I don't have my notes with me. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, which is one... What's one cryptid that you wish was real? Do you know if there's any that are like... I guess not harmful. Um, I guess the North American version of Sasquatch, the Bigfoot. He just kind of chills and vibes. Yeah, because that one's mostly... Have you played... um, Yeah. What's that game? Um, Yes, thank you. Under Nightmare? Yeah. Yeah, that was depressing. Yeah. Yeah. The last fucking Sasquatch is just like, leave me alone. Because they mm-hmm. like, he's like, oh, humans killed like the rest of my kind. And then Finish you have off. the option of like either just leaving him alone. Yeah. Or, I feel like that's also a comment on you know? humans like fear yeah. of the unknown. Like our reaction to this creature that we have no idea what, what it is, or where it came from, is just to kill it because we think we can only, it can only be, be dangerous. Whereas in reality, our rationalization was incorrect and we just yeah. legit murdered this dude's family. Mm-hmm. That's also a possibility with some of these things. Like some of these could be animals mm-hmm. that were like hunted out of extinction and like they just like pop up randomly, you know? Yeah. That's another thing that people use to rationalize them. Like mm-hmm. you said, like the chupacabra is like a half, half breed. Like, that's a possibility. And, yeah. That's just crazy to me. Like, that, like there's a scientific explanation for a lot of things. And, like, most people get caught up in the fantasy that they don't really want to see it. But also, mm-hmm. like, some of them are, like, the common person couldn't make that connection, you know? Because not a lot of people go about thinking. Yeah, like, yeah that crossbreeding is like specialized knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think that about all covers. Mm, nope. 
anything else you want to add on or off topic? Um, no, not really. Any shout outs you want to give? Oh yeah. Shout out to the producer. All right. Shout out to the producer. Yeah. Is, is she in the room? Yeah. She heard everything. So she heard everything, right? Well, I mean, she only heard me. Yeah. She didn't hear you. I have headphones. Now I'm going to have one less listener. Oh, that's true. I guess, yeah, that's it. that'll be interesting for her. Uh, shout out to her. Thanks for having me. I think we got a good enough time. Thanks for being on the show. See ya.